Hey there, welcome to the podcast today. Welcome to 2021, a new year, new horizons. And today with my guest, we will be talking about going deeper, going upstream from goals and outcomes that we're looking for and looking at the processes that produce those goals and outcomes. And even further upstream from that is identity identity. And we really get this concept from Atomic Habits by James Clear. But we're going to put a kingdom overlay to it and say that even further upstream is Christ identity. Welcome to the podcast today. It's called New Horizons, Chosen, Blessed, Broken, and Given, episode 166, Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is Brian Del Turco, and I have a good friend on the podcast today, a friend of the podcast and a personal friend, Matt Raines, a pastor. He works in community development, drug rehabilitation. He's a great ideator and conversationalist, a uh, California transplant into the American Midwest. We're really glad about that. You can catch the show notes page for this episode at jesusmart.com slash chosen links, further resources, a few notes about today's episode. I was in our local coffee shop recently and uh, struck up a, uh, you know, a brief but substantive conversation with Matt and he was working on some things there. He was really excited about something he had recently learned from the Dutch Catholic priest, Henry Nguyen. A professor, writer, and theologian, this understanding that we are chosen by Jesus, blessed by Jesus, we are broken and then given and multiplied to the world. And I think this is going to be a very inspiring framework for you to think about as you look at goals and outcomes in Q1, quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four of 2021. Let's invite the leadership and lordship of Jesus into that process. Let's invite the wind of the Holy Spirit into that process as well. Well, here's the conversation. We sat down in that very same coffee shop. Here's Matt Rains, chosen, blessed, broken, and given. Hey, there we are sitting in a cafe, a coffee shop in Amherst, Ohio, sandstone center (laughs) of the planet with my good friend, Matt Rains. How are you doing, Matt? We're out of 2020. How do you feel? I feel better uh, than I did in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Head in the right direction. Okay. We're recording this on January the 13th. And man, 2020, obviously, COVID would be the overarching motif, right? Oh, yeah. The theme of 2020. The national and global disruption and personal disruption that all of that... And of course, we're still dealing with that. We've had massive economic interruption. We had a very um, ugly and pervasive political season in 2020. Um, I think people are no- are looking for a new season, man. Oh yeah, I'm ready for the uh, the page to turn. The pivot, man. The page turning. 
And so here we are at the beginning of a new year, and we're talking about something today. I was um, Matt is a good friend. He's a pastor of New Beginnings Church in Amherst. And what else do you do, Matt? You're turning into a, a bit of a uh, local renaissance man here. <laughs> local renaissance. Well, <laughs> I got a lot of irons in the fire. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm also uh, becoming a uh, drug and alcohol uh, abuse counselor. Oh, and, yes. And uh, I serve as a vice president of a nonprofit in Lorraine, and I'm on the board here in Main Street. So I've got a lot of irons in the fire, but it's, it's good. Yeah, God, God's given me the good work to do. So. What's the basic work of Main Street in Amherst, Ohio? Yeah, so Main Street is uh, is really committed to the betterment of the local businesses and thriving of uh, the local economy um, of our of our small town here, and uh, something of uh, more important in 2021 than perhaps it has been mm. in the past, given the uh, the economic challenges. Mm-hmm. Very good. Faced. So Matt is a native of California. We're really glad he's in the Midwest now. And I was I bumped into Matt the other day, had a uh, meeting here with someone else in the cafe, and we, Matt was over there at another uh, table, as he is uh, often wont to do, uh, doing his work, and uh, had a discussion about the Catholic theologian, right? That's right. Henry, is it Nguyen? Nguyen. Mm-hmm. Henry Nguyen. And we were talking about identity, and Henry, I, th- I think, has... Uh, He's kind of rocked your world recently, I think, with some oh, of yeah. his content. What is it, the, the audio book you were telling me about? Uh, so it's, a, it's actually a recording of one of the presentations that he gave. Um, I'm not sure exactly where it was at. It was at a university. Um, but it's called, Who Are We? That's the question. And um, in the presentation, he seeks to uh, answer that question. So who are we? <laughs> who are we, Matt? Tell us. That's because right. I'm... Um, questing. <laughs> uh, this identity issue, it's really core, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, y- you know, the, the short answer, uh, of course, is that we're the children of God. Uh, but that's not always, uh, that's not always remembered. Um, it's not always on our radar. Uh, it's not something that we always live into. And mm. uh, as simple as that sound, uh, Henry does a great job of sort of um, really bringing out the the significance of this identity piece that we're we're talking about today. Mm. Yeah, and who was it that said um, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in Thee? Who, that's right. Who was that? Uh, you know what? I that's a good question. You're asking. Uh, um, I'm trying to answer in front of everyone. I don't know. Okay, but I've heard that before. Matt, I know you're a theologian and you're a church historian. Yeah. I know you know this deep down. Augustine, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's Augustine right. from like... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Disordered um, loves and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, it's January the 13th, man. We're, we're climbing out of uh, 2020. Yeah. Okay. Our hearts are restless. So our hearts find our satisfaction yeah. uh, in, in God alone, in our identity. Um. So let's 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 just talk about this identity and how we can approach 2020 in terms of like maybe looking at some new horizons. I was talking with our oldest daughter and we were talking with her about instead of thinking about the year as 365 days, let's think about it as 490 day years. Hmm. You know, break it. You can have annual goals and horizons you're pursuing, but you know, sure. break it down into quarters. It's more motivating that way and you know, we're all seeking after New horizons, resetting, rebooting. Um, I, I got to reboot my laptop here. My laptop has been frozen. Um, something happened, and I there's some things I have to do with it. But I think our lives feel that way sometimes, right? <laughs> I'm looking at the screen, and it says 
preparing to repair, <laughs> but it won't go beyond that, Matt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm stuck in preparing to repair. And when you do the kind of work that we do, Matt, it's without your laptop, it's like you feel neutered and gelded and without it, you know? That's I mean, right. I, absolutely. I, I, I've lost my identity, man. I'm, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> Who an am ex- I? It's, it's an exercise in identity. That's right. Okay, so... Yeah, we're questing after these horizons and these goals, and 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 what can we say about about this? What Henry is saying? Yeah, uh, he's a theologian, a brilliant thinker. What is he yeah. saying? So you know, uh, Henry does a good job of reminding us that um, that our identity has to be rooted in. Uh, our sonship and daughtership with God, right? We're children of God. And, you know, frankly speaking, I think this past year might have helped us at some level to come to grips with that. Because the way he begins his presentation is by reminding everyone that the way the Bible talks about this life apart from God as uh, with a number of metaphors. He, he says, imagine, if you will, uh, you're in the quote-unquote far country or you are... Uh, uh, you are away from home okay. or uh, borrowing Johannian uh, metaphor, right? You're in the darkness. Okay. Um, this would be prodigal in nature. Prodigal. Uh, right. the, the world, being a part of the world, right? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, when things like, a, you know, COVID, things like economic downturns, health issues come up, I think we're reminded, oh, yeah, uh, like the old song says, this world is not my home. Not that the world is not important or that God's not going to do anything with it, but just this, this is not, um, where our hearts will find its eternal rest. Okay. Let me ask you about this because I've been challenged about this recently. I actually saw a message recently online. I didn't watch it, but I saw it, that it was, you know, all the online church services and and the message uh, was titled something like, we're not home yet. And I understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking of the hymn, This is My Father's World. That's you know, right. I'm thinking of Psalms 24 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, That's and right. those who dwell therein. I'm thinking of scriptures like, The righteous will be uprooted from the land, but the righteous will remain in it. In what sense? Because yeah. this idea that we're going to heaven someday and there's some kind of a permanent state. Mm hmm. Like John Eldridge talks about some kind of a hybrid of like, like an eternal church service <laughs> and a rest home all together in one experience. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how alluring that is or attractive that is. I don't think we're coded for that. No. Nope. Forever. Um, speak to that issue, the new heavens and the new earth. But right now we're yeah. not quote unquote home. Yeah. But it is here. It is. It is coming back here. It is. Can you? Absolutely. You know. Um, think of that. I think maybe one way to look at it is, uh, as believers, we have to be heavenly minded if we're going to be any earthly good. Mm. You know, it's usually flipped on its head and used as a criticism that people are too heavenly minded and only worried about uh, eternity. Um, you know, to speak to, uh, to speak. And to think of ourselves as sojourners, as as people in a far country, isn't to dismiss or remove God's plan for us in the here and now. It's not to vacate that. That's yeah. right. It's to remind us that while we're here um, and before he returns, we need to be realistic about the expectations. Okay. And not allow... 
um, the glory of of Babylon, uh, you know, the glory of our temporary dwelling, yeah. to uh, to begin to identify us and 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 become God for us, essentially. Sure, sure. We 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 think it's the new heavens and the new earth now, in, a, right. in some sense, and it's not, of course, and it could never be. And so we're kind of like, does it say in Peter, we're looking for the new heavens and the new earth. That's right. In which righteousness dwells. So that's our horizon, right? That's right. Our affection is set upon that, doesn't... That's right. A city with foundations, right? Yeah. Um, Who's builder and maker's God. It's not Abraham. It says he had no country. He went out not knowing where he's going. That's right. um, So his affection is on that. And yet we, in a real sense, are able to live in the light of that now. Absolutely. And taste it in some sense. Absolutely. That's right. Hebrews six five says that. That's right. Tasting the powers of the age to come. Absolutely, absolutely. And the the the. So it's not an escapism. No, it's not. But but tasting it, like Hebrews is talking about, I I think that's what Henry was getting at. Is how do we taste it? How do we, um, how do we um, live as we ought? Yeah. In this place that isn't finished yet. Yes. In this place that's under construction. Yeah. Right? We're almost like the future is sort of now in our hearts. That's right. We're almost like representative of what's coming. Absolutely. And we're a witness of that, the king and his kingdom. Uh, I get kind of excited about that, that theme. I really do. So the prodigal nature... He's in a far country. It says he, he came to his own senses, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, you know, I think um, I think we have to come to our senses, too, uh, if we're going to understand the significance of of what it means to be a child of God. Like, um, so often we, we fail to recognize that we begin to build our identity on things that are other than God, you know, um, the American, not just American, just really the Western, any country can do it, Western you know? philosophical yeah. thought yeah. and, and everything. We, we build our identity on the things that we acquire, our jobs, yeah. our families, our position, our economy, our ability to affect change. Um, it, we can really build our identity on a ton of different things. Yeah. I, I know little old ladies who get upset when uh, their casserole doesn't win at the, uh, at the, <laughs> At the fair, right? Because watch out. That's who they are. They're the they're the lady with the casserole. I mean, and the guy guys too. I mean, it's we can build our identity around so many things. Yeah, and we, we can build it around reason, right? Oh, that's yeah. a real Western sort absolutely. of thing. Reason, absolutely. Yeah, thinking. Yep. I think, therefore, I am. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, did the older brother who remained at home in the parable of the prodigal? I'm just wondering if he too had an identity issue crisis. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, you know the prodigal was obviously uh, came to himself in uh, in the pig trough, right? Yeah. The brother failed to come to himself in the father's house, but they were both they were both in the far country. Um, the the brother was really building his identity in his performance, mm, duty, right? I've served I, you all these years, that's he right. says. That's right. And this is who I am. I deserve this. I am. I am. And you hear that in the contrast. Um, one of the ways a person can say to someone, you deserve it, is by accusing those who haven't done what they have 
and telling them they don't deserve it. Mm, okay. You know, yeah. um, they're, they're indicating that their performance, their work, their efforts mm. are what make them important. You, 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 you failed, right? Yeah. My brother failed in his duty or in his morality or in his lifestyle. That's right. And yet he didn't have a full appreciation and understanding. The father told him that, look, everything I have is yours. That's right. You could have kind of had this anytime you wanted it. Yep. Uh, but we have to rejoice for this one who has returned. So what is he saying? Henry has this yeah. four elements that you were sharing with me, which I thought were very, very helpful framing. Yeah. So um, he discusses in this, this uh, audio book um, who we are, um, this question, and spends the first half talking about how uh, we are the children of God. And... Uh, instead of allowing those realities to be connected to uh, who we are, what we do, how we do it, and, and all those things that I mentioned a moment ago, mm. um, we need to be rooted in, our hearts need to be rooted into our relationship with God as, as our Father and we as His children. And then the second part of the audio book, he breaks down this, this okay. four-part uh, practicality. Um, and he takes it from Jesus, and it's throughout his ministry. Um, anytime Jesus is having meals, uh, he's often uh, described as taking, blessing, breaking, and giving. Okay, taking, blessing, breaking, and giving it out. That's right. And uh, he says if we would live in these four dynamics, okay, uh, we will we will practice the. Christian spirituality and have a, a deepened spiritual life and um, life will be as it should okay. for us. So who's doing the taking? Let's start with that first yeah, piece. So the taking is really a, 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 home or a, a call back to, to sonship again, to identity. Um, t- you know, the idea that we were lost and we were found. We, we didn't find God. God found us. And yeah. living in Jesus said that, didn't he? That's right. Uh, living in the notion that we were chosen, uh, we were taken, that the, the reason we're here um, is because God intended it. Uh, there's intentionality and purpose. Uh, unlike secular humanism's pretend, you know, yeah. pretend notion that we can come from chance and still, yeah, for sure. still have a purpose. You right. know, Christianity says, no, uh, you, you were... You were you were known before you were born. God God knew you. The days of your life were ordained in His book. I mean, he, all this language to say that we are intentional children of God, chosen, chosen, taken. So, Jesus said, "You've not chosen me. I've chosen you." We tend to use the language, "Have you made a personal decision for Christ?" That's right. And make that decision now. And I guess you do make a decision sure. to follow Christ. You count the cost and you make that decision. But upstream from that is his decision that's right <laughs> to choose you so that you can make that decision right that's right and that it is effectual when you make that decision absolutely um so jesus has redeemed us that's a purchasing term isn't it absolutely economic term if you will he paid a co- he paid a price to purchase us that is sort of a taking we now absolutely. belong to him absolutely absolutely so that's the sense of taking and and if we live in that then we live in this notion that I am a child of God before anything else. Yes. Uh, I was thought I'm of. I'm wanted. I'm wanted. I was thought of before I came here. Yeah. You know, um, ah. I, 
you know, not an accident, not an accident. And it also reminds us that the things that we go through in life, um, aren't a surprise to God. Sure. And you know, that they are, they are father filtered, father filtered, father filtered. They got to go through him. Yeah. He's either designed it or he's allowed it. He's still sovereign. He's still That's right. watching over and caring. Nothing is out of control. Yes. Nothing is out of control. Yeah, not with God. Mm-mm. It may seem like chaos, but the interesting, interesting thing about chaos theory, I'm just in kindergarten about chaos theory, but hidden within chaos are designs and patterns mm. in chaos theory. And um, if you know how to insert variables into the chaos, it draws out the patterns and the design. We have a part to play in that with God. Absolutely. Something like that. We've been talking a little bit about that. Probably, Lord willing, try to talk more about it. So it's the Lord doing the taking. And then uh, the second element is blessing. Blessing, right? So um, obviously Jesus would bless the bread before he he would pass it out. (coughs) And um, Henry says, you know, this is also indicative of Jesus. When, When Jesus was baptized, you know, we have this declaration from his father, um, this is my beloved, right? Mm. This is who I'm well pleased. And uh, which means that when we see ourselves, we are to see ourselves as the beloved children of God. You know, first John draws this out. Uh, We are like Jesus here. Yeah. Right. In other words, we walk around. What is that verse in first John? First John. Yeah. As he is. As he is. So are we. So are we in this world, right? That's right. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's a powerful Profound thing. statement. It is. Uh, it means that we get to walk around with uh, uh, the uh, the moniker or the uh, the endowment of a blessing from God that says, "You are my beloved child." Moniker. I like that. You That's know? what is moniker like? Naming or yeah. speaking over, yeah. right? Absolutely. Uh, so it's an identity statement when Jesus is baptized, right? This is my beloved son That's right. in whom I'm well pleased. That's an identity statement. That's right. That's right. So not only is are you planned for and and nothing uh, nothing is showing up unexpected and, and God has a plan for you because we're taken, we're also blessed. And mm. our job then is to remind other believers uh, that they're they're the beloved of God, mm. um, and you know, frankly, Brian, I don't think we do that as much as we should. Okay, you know, I, I feel like I feel like there's room to grow in my Christian practice and really practices of of others. Um, just reminding people, you're the beloved of God. You're the beloved of God. You're the beloved of God. Because I guarantee you, the world is telling them there's something else. Right? Well, it sure was that for Jesus, because the next thing we see. He goes into the wilderness, and the big thing he's presented with is, if you are the Son of God, then do this. And isn't it interesting that the, the, great, the great attack on Son himself was about identity? It is. It's about identity. Throw yourself off the temple was the second one. So, you know, kind of accelerate and take into your own hands, your career, your identity. Sure. Throw yourself down so people can see you as a sign and a wonder you live, yeah. you know. And then, and then it's it really got it what it's re- kind of ultimately about, the kingdom, kingdoms of this world. That's right. Becoming the kingdoms of our God. Mm-hmm. The offer is, bow down and worship me. I'll give all this to you. Yeah. It's been handed over to yep. me. Yep. <laughs> 
Yep. Let's uh, let's short circuit the uh, the eternal plan. Yeah. Uh, for this earthly uh, uh, present, um, short circuited, self uh, self focused um, uh, plan that Satan had in mind. Mm. Yes. And uh, it's funny um, because you know Jesus could have well said, you know, well those are those belong to me already. You know, I uh, I, I am I'm the Lord of heaven and earth. Yeah, but he uh, he stayed with the sonship. He stayed under the he, he stayed as the beloved son even there, refusing to give up his uh, his place, refusing to let it be questioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so that speaks to our own conflict with this, doesn't it? About our absolutely. own identity being challenged. Absolutely. And what what if it is a fight? What if the answer to temptation isn't just uh, be careful the lies what you see, little ears what you hear, little okay. mouth what you say, right? Yeah, like the old Bible class. Legalism. Uh, maybe it's a reminder of, oh yeah, who am I? I'm, I'm the beloved of God. I don't, because I don't need this. Because it starts there. Yeah. I recently got the book. I'm, I'm, I'm late to this book. Ah, two million people have read it. I'm kind of late. So, uh, <laughs> you and me both, my friend. Uh, Atomic Habits by, uh, is it James Clear, I think? Atomic Habits. But he really says there, look, don't focus on goals and objectives. Go a little bit upstream and focus on the processes. Yeah that help you achieve those goals and objectives. But don't stop there. Even further back is identity. Hmm. If you can really resolve your identity, then you can express that identity through processes which naturally produce your outcomes. Absolutely. It's, pre- it's pretty good. I think that's I think that's absolutely spot yeah. on. Yeah. yeah and, and we as kingdom people would probably add a fourth element way at the headwaters, and it's Christ identity. That's right. It starts with that. I like that. Because Jesus first asked, he didn't ask Peter, who do you say you are, Peter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's who do, you, who do you say I am? Get, let's talk about my identity first yeah. in Matthew 16. And now, he got closer to saying, who do you think you are, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give Peter a chance, but I'm just going to tell you who you are, right? That's right. So, yeah. Okay, Peter, tell me who I am. Okay, Father revealed this to you. Wonderful. You're on a good, in, a, in a good place. Now let me speak into your life about your identity. And that's how it flows. Yep. So we would add that fourth piece, I think, up there, Christ identity. Absolutely. Um, That's good. Is, is getting a revelation of Christ identity, is that a one-time experience in our lives when we first come to him, or is that a process that really grows and develops over time? So I think our that's – a, that's a great question. I'm gonna, I want to say that if our greatest issue uh, is forgetting who we are, allowing the other – um, the world to identify who we are, yeah. then our response to that conversion would be coming to know who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that happens over time. I think, I think just as in actual families, actual, you, you, you actually grow an identity as you go. And, you know, at the basis of okay. my relationship with my, my family, uh, I'm Matt, the son of Don and Susan. Uh, but as I grew, I became uh, that that fills out more. That becomes yeah, more. Yeah, fills out. Know? Fills out. There's a. And I think the same is true with, with our faith. I and, do. And with God. Uh, to use these terms, I heard back in in college, which are just fun to say. It's both punctiliar, punctiliar mm-hmm. and process. You know, it, there is an initiation at a point in time. Yeah, absolutely. and regeneration. Holy Spirit. And yet there's mm-hmm. process through sanctification and That's growth, right. development. Becoming more conformed to his nature. Yep. And in that, we find our own unfolding That's right. identity. I really love that. That's right. In fact, I would like to really throw out a challenge. 
out of Ephesians 1.17, you know, Paul says, I'm constantly praying for mm-hmm. you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's right. It's like an experiential experience with Christ and the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's right. And in that, you will find the hope of your calling. You will understand the riches of his inheritance in others, in the saints. And you'll know exceeding greatness of his power. That's right. Directed towards you who believe. I mean, that is... If I could really yeah. encourage people to just keep praying that, keep yeah. pressing into that, praying it, praying it, praying it, and yes. begin to act it that out. That is sonship. That is belovedness. That is being his beloved. Yes. That's a, that's Isn't it earlier in Ephesians absolutely. 1 where he talks about the beloved? You are elected and chosen sure. in the beloved in yep. Ephesians 1. I mean, Paul yep. is so brilliant. It is. He has that riff of a sentence in chapter one that goes yeah. on for like seven or eight verses the with nothing car, but right? comments. That Jewish, <laughs> what is, is it Jewish, called? It's the better car. It's the, oh. the Jewish blessing. Uh, he just wrote a letter and basically evokes this oh um, my goodness. literary technique. Okay. You know? Yeah, it's I, beautiful. I, I didn't know it was a Jewish. Of course, he was a Jew yeah. and he sat yep. at the feet of Gamaliel, so he would know all about that, right? Absolutely. But it's just an unending riff. Man. It is. It's it's. I've never seen that in that way. I just saw it as a challenging yeah. piece of grammar. But you're yeah. saying now, when I do stuff like that, it's because I don't understand grammar. But when when Paul does that, it's it's. I think you feel the you're feeling the emotive. I, I feel you're, you're feeling like the the heat from the Holy Spirit still okay. still on the pages, right? It's like infinite. Yeah. It's it's like unending yeah. uh, affection for you yeah. and sense of who you are. So it just is comma after yeah. comma after comma. There's no period. He just can't stop. He just can't stop. Interesting. Fascinating. You know, it I is, appreciate it that. It is fascinating. You know, I had a friend one time fall asleep in, uh, in seminary and he was taking notes and at the end <laughs> it kind of draws off the page, right? Yeah. And so the just the way he even wrote identified okay. his emotional status at the time, okay. you know? Yes. And, and, you know, when Paul, Paul just can't stop talking about yes. how wonderful it is. I mean, it's dripping with his elation and his, his, he wants to get it across to them just how awesome it is to be in the beloved. I tell you, even that passage, like whatever it is, verses 3 through 11 or something like that, or 14 of chapter 1, Ephesians just immersing yourself in that. Oh, yeah. Maybe memorizing it if you oh, can yeah. because it's so long. But sure, of course you can. We memorize shows and everything else. Absolutely. We memorize music. We can memorize it. And praying it, speaking it over your life. Wow. What about speaking it over your, your spouse or your children Absolutely. or your friends or Absolutely. Your, your brothers and sisters? One of the most meaningful moments I've had as a, as a believer uh, is when... I was at camp. I've I've directed a bunch of uh, camps for uh, Christian camps and oh, stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, and on Thursday night of our Christian camp, Camp Palomar, California, we got all of the junior high kids together. Uh, there's probably eighty to a hundred of them. Right. I love junior high. Wow. Smart enough to know, young enough to scare still. So you kind of <laughs> keep them in line. But that night. When they leave the fire pit, all the counselors and adults line up on this long walkway they have to go through. Mm. And as they go, each one blesses them. Oh, wow. Each one says a word of blessing over them. And uh, it is, it is That's a powerful awesome. moment. That is awesome. Just it's layer upon moment. layer of, of 
here's how I see you, affection for you, blessing right. for you. That's right. I've seen uh, charismatic expressions of that. They call a fire tunnel. Oh, wow. You know? That's right. <laughs> you go through this gauntlet, and it's nothing but just... It's a, it's really similar. Yeah. It's speaking over and it declaring. Is. and It's and beautiful. Laying hands on and praying and blessing and... Um, kind of like a B12 shot. Wow. But you know, if we could if we could live like that, we would have all of our emotional resources, mental resources and spiritual resources for life. They mm. they they're there. It's in it. It's there. Okay, I love this because in Ephesians 1, the great Greek scholar Weist from Moody, we probably wouldn't agree with all of his theology. Sure but we can rely upon his exegesis and his, yeah. and his Greek. He says that when it says, pray a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ, it's an experiential knowledge. It's epinosis, which mm-hmm. is an intense, deep experiential Under knowledge in this context. And, mm-hmm. But there's a locative nature to it. It's like within the sphere of our relational knowledge of Christ. That's right. It's everything else. Yeah. Well, Paul says the same thing in Corinthians, right? Okay. He says, Jesus, the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God. Yeah. Right? Same same situation. Mm. It's not the knowledge about Jesus that he was the son of God. That's good. That's mm. doctrine. Mm-hmm. It's knowing. Knowing him. And, and, and knowing uh, that we are Jesus on earth. You this know? expanding. We are as sphere. he is. Yeah. This relational sphere. Yep. Of uh, experiential knowledge, the of reservoir Christ. that is there for us, and everything is in it, is everything we need. The peanut is in it. George Washington Carver found out there was revelation of the peanut. <laughs> I and remember he discovered that. whatever 150 uses for the peanut. You <laughs> I know, remember you talking about that. <laughs> That's so good. Southern. It, 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 it's very practical. There's solutions and answers and steps you should take, your career, your calling. You're finding your spouses in that, yes. I believe. Yes. Right? Yep. Just seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be added. Wow. Okay, taking, blessing, and then what about breaking? Breaking. So breaking is probably one of the most important. They're all important, but it's one of the most important because it reminds us that while we're here on earth, things aren't going to be completely fixed. You know, uh, we talked earlier about the... Uh, at this time. At this time. Right? Later. Yeah, when the Lord comes again. New heavens, new earth. It's, right. it's in the fixed process, right? We're, we're moving towards our fix. restoration. Yeah. But until it gets the restoration, the car looks pretty tough sometimes, you know? Okay. They're sanding off the paint. The rims yeah. are still going to need to be put back on. You know, things things are tough. And um, I, I think it's a really powerful, uh, powerful uh, way of thinking about it. Um, you know, when the exiles were, were sent to Babylon, um, they're told to seek the, the good of the city I was told to seek the good of 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 people in Babylon yeah and its welfare you will have yeah. welfare yeah and but they weren't they weren't supposed to turn Babylon into Jerusalem no so they were going to have God they were going to be able to have intimacy with God they were going to be able to have love and relationships with each other continue to be faithful to God God continue to be faithful to them but they wouldn't have things as it should be for a while. 
And that is that is the nature of, of life today. It's why we have pandemics. It's the reason yeah. uh, there's all the conflict in the world um, and in our health and everything else. And, um, you know, a lot of times the urge of Christianity is is to um, is to fix it. And there are just things in life that we're, we're not going to be able to fix right now. So what do we do with it? Um, if the only claim that Christianity can make is we'll fix all the problems, we'll fix everything is broke, um, we're going to be in a, a tough spot because mm. it's not always going to work. Yeah. But one thing we can do, and this is this is worth the weight in gold in terms of Henry, mm-hmm. okay. is we can bring the brokenness under the blessing, mm. right? So what we do is um, for for people whose whose loved ones are going to be lost, for um, people whose health isn't going to be restored right now, for the brokenness in the world, uh, we remind them that they are taken. That their life is has got meaning and purpose, which which means chosen and loved. Absolutely, and a, a, a beautiful pages of destiny written for you. That's right. That yeah. they're beloved, and um, and we're able to 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 satisfy, sustain, um, give purpose to even uh, even the brokenness in this world, mm. and um, I think that is. Uh, I, you know, I think that's maybe at one of the hitting at one of the things that Paul dealt with. You know, he said, "I tried and prayed three times that this ailment yeah. would be removed," yeah. and and God says, "You know, my my grace is sufficient. Right, my Power grace is sufficient. Is that's right. In weakness, that's right. And his attitude about that is an exemplification of bringing his brokenness under the blessedness of God. I am." Still a child of God. God still loves me. Still has a future for me. I can wake up every morning, lift my head up, and and move forward because I'm a child of God. And yeah. this ailment does not change that. And it's a beautiful mystery, would you say, that in in the breaking is the release of power and multiplication oh, of your yeah. life. Absolutely. In fact, that that's kind of the taken piece or. Uh, uh, taken, blessed, broke, and given away. That kind of leads right into that. That's the right? fourth element, giving. To give away. And, and who's doing the giving again? Um, it's, it's the Lord. That's right. Giving you and your life. That's right. When when we're willing to acknowledge that if we're Jesus on earth, uh, that is where we, we receive the same blessing, the same purpose, the same direction, then we shouldn't we shouldn't be shocked we have the same mission. And the same mission means that we give of ourselves yeah. for the betterment of the kingdom, right. for the betterment of the glory of God. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's still true. Yeah. And these things will be added to you. And, and so we give, for instance, in personal relationships. Yeah, how would that work practically? Right. Give, a, give, give me so, an example of... Um, to be given away okay. um, in a personal relationship. Say I have a conflict with somebody and uh, it is entirely within my uh, my ministry, my purpose, my intention to not return evil for evil, but return good for evil. So if someone owes me something and I let them off the hook or if in some conflict I concede and I don't um, or someone has done me wrong um, hmm. 
I which is the nature of like forgive. Yeah. To get to, to let him off the hook. That's right. To All of that to give of ourselves in relationships yes. means I don't have to be compensated for every wrong. I don't have to be. <laughs> it's freeing. You know, absolutely. It's, it's freeing, right? And and I mean, if you feel that you have yeah. to, if you feel that you have to take your own revenge and be compensated for every wrong, and you have to insist on every perceived right that you have. That's right. It's torment. That's right. Because it, you won't be satisfied. It'll That's won't, right. It won't work out for you. Yeah. That you know way. who does that all the time? Toddlers. Toddlers do that all the time. They want <laughs> compensation for absolutely everything wrong, and they want their way right away all the time. <laughs> you know. Um, so they throw their little fits. Right. And, you know. And uh, I mean, it just it causes conflict and chaos in relationships. Whether it's an employer-employee, whether it's marriage, whether it's your children. And what a time suck, Matt. Oh man. Like the emotional and mental and even physical bandwidth that you have to give to that. Yeah. What are the opportunity costs? Yep. Yep. The energy and the affection that you could devote to that project yep. or to some mission or building something. You know. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It just consuming. And how much of an advertisement is that for the father's house? You know, <laughs> not, not when, you're, when you're out there and you're talking to people. Oh, if you do it. Yeah, if, if you if do, you do it, it right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, I think our job is to go up to the prodigal son that's still hanging out in the fig trough and tell him a little bit about the father's house. Mm. Remind them how nice the father's house is. Yeah. Exemplify the satisfaction and and the joy and the, and the sustaining efforts mm. that are ours in Christ. Yeah. Um, I think there's a proverb that says it's it's a glory of a, of a person to overlook yes. a matter. Yeah. Think about that. Oh, yeah. To overlook it means you look past it. You, you, you're lift, you lift up your eyes higher and you just release them. That's right. And look at the horizon and the, the stuff that really matters. And that's a great way to that's a great way to show people and remind them uh, that's different than the world. The world's going to insist on its yeah. uh, compensation, uh, and it's never satisfying. We can offer forgiveness and show them the satisfaction of having hearts that have found satisfaction in God. I mean, to overlook is such a p- empowerment principle because you're looking at the bigger picture. You're looking at a more positive horizon, and you and in that you're actually saying, "This isn't you anyway. Yeah. This is not the way I see you. Yeah. This is not you. I know it. You know it. And I'm not going to obsess on it right, right now. Yeah. There's bigger there's, things going on than you and me. <laughs> there is, and there's something bigger in you mm-hmm. as a person that I see. That that's right. Is going to be exhibited, and I believe in I believe in you. That's I believe right. in your future, and I'm that's not right. going to. Uh, it's recognizing get locked down. It's recognizing right now the child of God and other people. Absolutely, that's, right. In, that's right. In fact, um, Newwin points that out. He goes, uh, once you get your heart satisfied with God, then you go look for a spouse, and you look for God in them. And what he means by that is you look for heart satisfied in God. Uh, without having our heart satisfied with God. Um, we we end up expecting our spouse, our families, our jobs to f- provide the satisfaction that yes. only God can give. That's right. And then they become unhealthy, codependent, yep. uh, and distracting 
instead of life-giving. That's good. And so, but even in the context of forgiveness, it's recognizing, you know, Brian, if you did me wrong, I can look at you and say, you know, Brian's a child of God. And recognizing that in you means we have the same father, (laughs) you know, we're in the same household. And, uh, you know, being able to see other people and recognizing God in them, um, I think is is crucial to well, I just conflict want to say if, resolution. If there's, if there's anything, please forgive me. I just want to <laughs> I just want to get that out there into the universe. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No Jesus said, "If you lose your life for my sake, You'll find you will it. find it." Yeah. Everybody wants to find their life, this identity issue, right, and express that. That is brilliant. Yeah. The, the offer that Jesus has yeah. is lose and, it for, my, and for me. And you'll find so it. long, I've as a as a baby baby Christian growing up, you're, you're thinking, okay, that means we got to sacrifice for him. We got to sacrifice for him, you know. And, and in reality, hmm. what he's saying is, you have to give up the right for uh, self identification. Self identification apart from me. Yeah, you have to let me define you. That's what it means to give up your life. I mean, we were created. Yeah. He was the coach in the garden in the cool yep. of the day. To ignore that, to try to do it without that, yep. is trying to find your own life on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, the, you know, the, the tragedy of it all is trying to, trying to give yourself an identity is is a is something that only God can do well, <laughs> and and if your identity is based on our abilities and performance, what a poor and pitiful, mm, yes, and, and fractured view uh, that we'll bring to it. Yeah, you know, a lot of opportunity cost there, and a lot of time wasted. Oh yeah, time wasted. Trying to find yourself. <laughs> Even like the older brother, time wasted. How many months or years was he in that attitude? Yep. Father says, it's all yours. It could have been, you know. I really appreciate this, Matt. And sure. I would just, you know, as as we all, I mean, I feel it. I, do you feel it, Matt, in January? You feel like new horizon thinking or, you know, oh, yeah. over the First horizon. Quarter. I like what you said earlier about the, the four. You know, I played basketball growing up, and uh, that was – you know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Oh yeah, yeah. And Thinking about the ninety-day year yep. and strategies for each one. The yeah, that's right. And these frameworks are helpful. And so, but but I I really like what James Clear is saying in Atomic Habits, and I think we can adopt it with a bit of a kingdom overlay to it. So don't just look at goals and outcomes that you're hoping for. That's right. In Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. Christmas is coming again. You know. Yep. I mean, we're, next Christmas we're going to be looking back over 2021 and. My heart for all of us is to have a really rich feeling about that. Absolutely. You know, a really fruitful feeling about that. But so don't just look at goals and outcomes, but look at the processes to get you there. Look at your identity and and behind it. Like C.S. Lewis says, further up and further back, you know, some of his language, I think, um, is Christ's identity. I love what C.S. Lewis says in one of his books. It's probably... um, Mere Christianity, I suppose, mm-hmm. but he says, "Look, like let's just take the beauty of you with Melissa in a sunset, mm-hmm. the magic that you feel, the transcendent feeling, the glory in it." Yeah. But he's saying that even further up and further back, it's it's is is God. Yeah. 
yeah. God is reflecting himself to you through that. Oh, yeah. And that in and of itself will not quite be enough. It's pointing you up and further back. That's right. And That's we have right. to think of our lives like that. I, I, know, I know you do, just using you as an example. Sure. But, um, yeah, wow. I appreciate this, man. This is really good. Yeah, absolutely. Really good stuff. And thank God for the Catholic. What is he, a theologian, author? So, yeah, he, is he a professor. Um, he was a professor. He was a psychologist. He was uh, a priest. Um, and toward the end of his life, he spent time with um, the mentally disabled. Mm. And it, it's fascinating because, uh, you know, here's this academic, brilliant man. Yeah. Who says he learned so much. It's like Jonathan Edwards at the end of his career giving himself to the uh, Indians and Native Americans yeah. in, in, in humble ministry. Yep. He was probably the greatest theologian in America. Yep. That's where he said um, this idea of bringing the brokenness and the blessedness okay. came from. Because a lot of those kids weren't going to be mm. healed. And so... How did you come across this book then? Was it some serendipitous uh, experience for you? Well, yeah, you know... This book I, fell, fell your way? You know, I've been... Uh, you know, I try to set up uh, themes for years in ministry and sermons and such. In the first quarter, um, we were going to talk about love and allowing God's love to regulate all the other loves in our life. You know, friendship, marriage, and, uh, and our neighbor. And um, so you're probably drawing on C.S. Lewis there. The, yeah, I was just looking all the around. four loves. Next, yeah, oh, absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna do that. Yeah. Um, and I stumbled across Henry's identity piece, and uh, mm. yeah, it was just powerful. So I love it when that happens. Yeah, oh, it's like the spirits orchestrating yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it's like the right book at the right time, oh, it's like magic. It wow. is. I think preaching, ministry, it's kind of like painting, you know. It, you have to have a, an assortment of colors if you're going to do it right, you know. And so that's part of your palette. Yeah, palette, yeah, absolutely. you got to have the colors. Scripture, the people, experience, books, life, <laughs> failures, I mean, all sorts of things. Woo, I love that. I love that. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time today. Yeah, you got it, brother. Well, you can explore the show notes page for this episode at jesusmart.com slash chosen. I appreciate you, Matt. I appreciate who you are, who you're becoming, what you bring to the table, your influence in this world. Matt Rains. Would you share this episode with one or two of your friends? Helpful frameworks and understanding of what it means to optimally walk with Jesus and live our best life for Christ. Jesus is brilliant, my friend. Walk with him and you'll catch his brilliance in a unique way. He knows how 2021 works best. Let's put it that way. We'll talk with you soon. See you next time.